0: Welcome to Bangor Community Church Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed today as you hear the word of God.
1: We thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for your word. It is life. It is life to us, Lord. We thank you for it. We love your word, God. We love your word. We love standing on your word, Lord. We love taking your word and lifting it up to you and saying, God, you promised that. I believe it. We thank you. That everything in your word is ours. It belongs to us. We believe it in our heart. It's for us. It belongs to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're starting a new series today. It's called uh, Love What God Loves. So that could apply to a number of things, but love what God loves. And um, if you take taking notes, and I'd ask you to take notes for this reason not that I'm going to be talking about something profound and You know, Pastor Karen is a great teacher and you take all her notes and I'm going to be offended if you don't take notes. But I ask you to take notes because whenever you leave this door, Satan will have tried to steal. And most people will forget 95% of what I share today. And you'll remember about 5% next week. That is statistics. well, we don't like statistics because that would depress a pastor who spent time in the Word. <laughs> so please, come on, bring a notebook, bring a pen, take out your phone, take out whatever and take notes. Hallelujah. And listen to what Holy Spirit has. So, um, okay, love what God loves. So what are we talking about today? Well, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18 says, and I also say to you that you are, Peter. You are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So God loves his church, doesn't he? Jesus focused on building his church. That is why he came to build his church. He came to die and for his church to be born. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives Just as Christ also loved the church. So that's, so your church is everything to the Lord. And he's even saying to husbands, the head of your homes, husbands are the head of the home. That's what the word says. He says, love your wife as I, I'm your example, as I love my church. As I love my church. How did I show I love my church? I gave my life. So it's a big, tall order for husbands. Because Jesus gave his life for the church. And a husband is to give his life. Lay down his life and surrender. Not to be walked over by the wife. Because wives will try that. Husbands. None of you have experienced that. But wives will try and walk over you. I'm going off on a wee rabbit trail. They will try and take the lead in the home. They will try by whispering and by putting nice meals out and and every which way of just getting around you and going, do you not think this is the better way? Maybe that's not the right job. Maybe that's not. And they will try and lead you. And yes, wives, we have to, we are a helpmate to our husband. We have to be there to help. But at the end of the day, it's the husband has to make that final decision for his home. Amen? But he is called to lay down his life for for her, for his wife, as the example of Jesus for the church. So Jesus died for to have a church for the church. He loves it. So that's what God loves. And the plan of God was that he wanted a family. That was the whole plan. In In Father's heart, he wanted a family. Ephesians Chapter 1 and verse 4, I'm reading here from the Living Bible. It says, long before, long ago, Ephesians 1, 4, long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. So way back we were chosen, way back before the foundation of the earth, we were chosen before Christ even went to the cross. Father had a plan for a family. The New Living Translation here of verse 5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So let's talk about the church today. We're living in the church age. The church uh, was born um, in Pentecost, and that's coming up in about six weeks. This year it's... um, I think it's the 23rd of May. I think it falls on 23rd of May this year. But we're coming up to when we celebrate Pentecost. So um, that's when the church was born. And the church age will end when we're all raptured up. When the church is taken out of here, that is when the church age comes to an end. So we are in the last of the last few days of the church Is it any wonder why God would have us have a message like that for this morning? We are the only answer to get in the harvest. We are the only answer to get in the young people. We are the only answer to get to people in care homes that are about to go into eternity. We are the only answer. The only answer. Is it not a wonder that, I don't have my mask, is it not a wonder that Satan brings coronavirus into the world at this time? Yes, there's been other pandemics, and there's going to be more and more as as time goes on. But with having our masks and and this and isolating us and, and keeping people out of church, is it any wonder? Because we are the only hope for the world We are it. There's no other it. We are it. Am I shouting, Mila? I tried to get Mila to do this as my Bible. I said, "Will you do this as my Bible?" Sometimes I, well, I don't have much of a strong voice, and I says, "Do you think I do, (laughs) Mila?" And she nicely didn't answer her auntie. But we are it. We are the church what Jesus died for, what was in the Father's heart. He wanted a family. And he wants as many people to be part of the church before he comes for it. And we're it. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're it. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you are the answer. Turn to somebody else and say, so what are you doing about it? That's not in my notes. This is all free. I haven't even planned to say any of this. But the Holy Ghost has. Hallelujah. So we're talking about what God loves. He loves the church. And in the the Bible, in, in the New Testament, the church is spoken of in two ways. The universal church and the local church. And basically the universal church is worldwide and it is made up of all the local churches. So you could say in some way, I mean, you can't, the, the universal church in a, in a way, it doesn't have an address. I can't say, Stephen, can you find up can you go look up the universal church for me? And I want to contact the pastor of it, you know, and the phone number. It doesn't have a church, but because it's made up of all the local churches, make up the universal church. But we're all born into the church when we give our hearts to the Lord. That's why you can go to somewhere else, go to another country, go to somewhere else in the nation, and you meet another Christian you've never met before, and already you have a connection. We've all experienced that. You've got a connection. You connect in the Spirit because you're part of the universal church. Okay? And you may never ever meet them again till heaven. But that's the universal church. But today we're talking about the local church, and. the local church is made up of believers in a particular area and community mostly. Some people will drive. You know, you've heard the slogan, a church alive is worth the drive. So some people are going to drive further. But generally, a local church is in a particular area or location. And in Matthew 16, where the Lord used, uh, he used the word ecclesia for the word church. But that had a meaning to the people of that day. To the Greeks, Ecclesia meant called out once. They knew whenever Christ mentioned Ecclesia, they already knew, oh, called out once. And, um, but it had a further meaning to the Greeks of the day. They understood it as a duly convened assembly of citizens. So when God says, I will build my Ecclesia, the Greeks would have heard, I will build a duly convened assembly of citizens. To the Jews, the word Ecclesia had another meaning. And uh, they understood that to mean God's people called together in order to listen to or act for God. So that's what the Jews heard when they heard, I will build my church, I will build my Ecclesia, I will build, the Jews heard, God's people called together by God in order to listen to or act for God. But, you know, there's a difference between a congregation and the ecclesia. A big difference. You could be at a bus stop and you could say, people have got together, oh, there's a congregation. You could be at a big concert, big, you know, pop concert or whatever, rave concert, whatever they have now. And you could say, oh, there's a big congregation. But the church is not that. The ecclesia, the church, is a called out called together group of people. That makes us very special because each one of us in here, knowing Christ, have been called out of the world and called together with other believers. Called together. So we have a purpose. We're not just coming here and saying, oh, where are you going today? Oh, I'm going to church. No, we are the church. We are the called out, coming together, BCC church. We're on purpose. Amen. So the church is not a place where I go. It is a spiritual family that I belong to. That's why we talk about family in our texts. And when we're up here, we say family because we are a spiritual family. Amen. Um, in the new Testament, it's interesting. I didn't study this. I read a book that, that had these, um, these amounts, but of all the times the church is referenced in the New Testament, 90 times it talks about the local church, and only 20 times it refers to the universal church. So God had a lot to say about the local church. He works through local churches. Amen? He's a plan for every local church. Um, So another picture that God has given of the church is that We are the body of Christ, and we'll read that in um, 1 Corinthians. So if you have a Bible, turn up the 1 Corinthians and look where it is in your Bible. I know they'll put the words up here, but I love to know where things are in the Word. So we're going to read a number of verses, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse 12. And it says here, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12, For as the body is one and has many members... But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14, for in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? But God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. I love that verse. Somebody ever has a problem with you, and a problem where you're set in ministry. You know, unless that's somebody like pastors or elders who can see you're in the wrong place, you can say, "I've been set in the body as my God has placed me there, as He's pleased." Amen. He's packed you. He's made you. He's He's made you the way He's wanted you to be, because He knows the place in the body that He has for you. So God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. So we're this local ecclesia, the called out, called together ones. And now we're referred to as parts of the body. Jesus is the head. We are the body. Turn to your neighbor and say, what part are you? (laughs) Some of you may not know. Some of you may say, I'm the... I'm the big heart. Oh, I'm the heart. I'm the liver. Never see a liver. So you're one of the uncomely parts if you're a liver. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? Verse 19, sorry. And now indeed there are many members, yet one body. You know, imagine if we were just one big eyeball. BCC would really look weird. That's why you get a mix of people. So it's stupid to go around looking for people and go, oh, they're so different than me. Praise God that they're different to you. We don't want all to be the same. And God knows who he needs in his body. He, ne- he knows he needs, you know, two eyes, one nose one heart, so many toes in a body. He knows. He doesn't want us to be top heavy. Loads of fingernails and an eyeball. That would look weird. Really weird. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So, God has set the members in the body just as He pleased. And, um, you know, you didn't choose. You didn't choose to be your part. You didn't get to say, you know, Nicola didn't get to say, well, God, I want to be that part. No. God chose her part. God chose each of your parts. You know the choice you get? Are you going to play your part? I've made you this. Are you going to be it? Are you going to play your part? That's your choice. So there's a lovely picture that God has of um, of the body of Christ and being parts of the local body. And, you know, you'll never properly relate to other believers until you realize that you're an organ or you're a part of a local body. That's the whole starting part. You are important. You are part of that body. You see, it would be really Weird for you to go around going, I'm an organ, I'm an organ, I'm an organ, and what's the an obvious question somebody's going to ask? Which body are you an organ of? But you've got so many organs, that, you know, going around, but they don't have, they don't feel they have to be part of a local church. But do you see how ludicrous that is. I'm a part, I'm an organ but well, I just sit and watch a service on TV and then I'll go to another service because they feel being part of the universal church is enough. But you can see the emphasis God put on being part of a local church, setting the members in the body as he pleased to be part of. Amen? So we're all parts joint, and joints of the body. Let's turn to Ephesians in chapter 4 and verse 16. Ephesians if you've not read Ephesians or not read it recently I encourage you to read Ephesians it's one of the greatest books of the Bible written by Paul to the church. Ephesians 4 verse 16 it says from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So talking about the body again that every that the whole body's knit together by, by what every joint supplies. So you've maybe heard us Talk about we've all got a supply to bring. When we gather for prayer, we've got a supply to bring. Every joint has something has something to do and a supply to bring. According to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So every there's parts of the body. Now we've got a, a supply to bring. And again, this first talks about every part has its share. So if 40% of this body is doing its share, are we functioning to a very efficient level? No mouths in this body. (laughs) Only me. (laughs) Are we? If 50%... Imagine we get up to 70% of the parts and the organs are now doing their part. What if we get to 80%? I wonder, has any church ever, has any local church ever got to 90%? I wonder, would God tell us that if we asked him? And what if a church ever Got to a hundred percent every part and organ in its place, knowing its place, functioning as it should be. Wow. Huh? Wow. So Let's look. It's another wee passage. Let's look it up again. It's a few verses. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. So this was just, um, we're going to read. This was just after Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 talks about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit fell and those who were unit, in unity and one accord in the upper room. And that's when the church of God was birthed, Pentecost. So we're going to read further on down this chapter, and we're going to read verse first. Um, we're going to start at verse 38, because what happened was they got all filled. They were all drunk in the Holy Ghost, drunk, talking in tongues, and people had come to Jerusalem to celebrate um, The uh, Passover, and you know, they're they're celebrating, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost comes, and those 120 in the upper room, and they're they're acting like drunk men. And so, a big crowd had formed. They're going, Well, I hear it, my language, and I hear it. How could they know my language? And this was going. So, a whole crowd was formed, and Peter took the opportunity to address them. And because Peter had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was bold, and that's what happens. When you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, you have a boldness in the Lord. Amen? And um, we'll start in verse 38. It says, Then Peter said to them, after preaching the gospel to those that were hearing, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord Our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly, notice they gladly received and believed his word and were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and prayers. So there you are. The church is formed. 3,000 after this preach were added to the church. And what did they do? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in the word that was laid down, in fellowship. You can only have fellowship if you're together. You can't have fellowship on your own in the house. It's fellowships together. And in breaking of bread and in prayers. That's what they did as they came together. And this verse here in verse 41, it says added, about 3,000 were added to them. That word added means to join. It means to become a part. It means to belong, to be committed. Um, It also means to put near, added, to put near, to lay beside, added. They were added to put near, to lay beside others that were born again. And they responded to his, Peter's preaching um, by repenting, being baptized. And so because of that, they are automatically then added into the church, the universal church. And from that, local churches eventually were birthed and formed. Um, but notice this. This passage didn't say that one of the converts came up to Peter, shook his head and said, Thanks a lot, Peter. It was a wonderful day. I hope someday I'll meet you again. And Peter said, yes, maybe I'll see you again, Lord willing. It didn't happen that way, did it? But yet in Christendom and some people that you meet, they're lone rangers. Who's met a lone ranger? Has anybody ever met a lone ranger? They, they don't really have a church. You know, you can ask people, where's your church? It's this church, you know, X down the road. When did you last go to your church? About two years ago when a nephew got married. It tells you a lot, doesn't it? So um, we don't want to be a lone ranger. We're, we're not out there doing our own thing. We're called out, called together, have a part, have a place. We are special part of the church that Christ died for. Amen. Um, I'm a great believer as well. When you lead somebody to the Lord and they're local enough to come, bring them here. Bring them to the church here. Bring them with you so that you can disciple them. You can bring them along and you can teach them what you know. Amen. And see them, you know, you lead some of the Lord, just, you know, you, you don't say, well, go find a church. You can say, why don't you come first and Come with me to this church, you know? God is the one who places and plants. Bring them with you. Hallelujah. Um, Some people become lone rangers and they fall away from church because they've never had proper teaching. We've got to be careful when we're on the streets and we're doing evangelism, things like that. We need to lead some of the Lord. We can't just lead some of the Lord and go, bye. And often that happens, we've got to be there for them be able to say, well, where do you live? And if you if they live in another town, be, hopefully you can get contact details and plug them into a local church. But we need to help people belong and find what the word says. Proverbs 27, verse 8 says, Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. So, um, and it... Psalm 68 and verse 6, I'm sure we we know this first, that God sets the solitary in families. He sets the solitary in families. Family is his plan. Belonging is his plan. Supporting one another is his plan. Um, Ryan, are you ready to play that? I just want to play. I was listening um, to something of Dad's... uh, the other day, and I want to play this couple of minute clip, because Dad was a man who stood for local churches. you all know. Go ahead, Ryan.
0: I'm jealous for BCC. Let me correct that. I'm jealous for God. I'm jealous for the kingdom of God. Very, very jealous. And I make no bones about that. And I am... uh, I, I, I am... I'm concerned that that's the mildest word I can find. I'm very concerned when I see redeemed people and churches not functioning with the call that God's put upon our lives. And, uh, uh, so I just will remind you of, of some things this morning. You know, the church is the greatest institution on the planet. The church of Jesus Christ. There's not an institution to compare with it. It doesn't matter all of the... And there are some great institutions that are blessing people, helping people, young people, old people, invalided people. There are so many great institutions. But there is no institution that can compare with the church. It's the gift of God to the planet. The church of Jesus Christ. The local church is the epitome and demonstration of God and his kingdom. That's how important the church is. The church, tragically, because of poor leadership, because of a lack of teaching this and holding this high above everything, have become a people who who share stuff on the whole. Yet the church, the greatest institution on the planet, is here to reveal... The presence of God, the person of Jesus, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. The church is not just a conglomerate of people who feel that uh, they may be a little better than their neighbors, so they go to church. The church is an institution birthed by God with purpose and passion. And anybody that is in church, and not just in church because they go to church on Sunday, but they're in church because they've had a revelation. I don't go to church. I am the church. And when you and I forget that. And might pray that this church will never forget it. Whether I'm here or not here. I pray this church will never forget that fact. That you are the church. I am the church. And when you and I forget that or it goes out of our thinking and all we're caught up with is our own lives and we forget the greatest privilege we've been given as redeemed people and that is that you're the church. Take my building block out and the house suffers. Take your building block out and the church suffers. So I'm jealous for the church. Because I'm jealous for mankind. God so loved the world. That doesn't mean the church. That means the world. That means everybody in it. Everybody that's been in it. God loves his creation. But an enemy has come along and he's twisted their minds. He's stolen from them the truth and the revelation of Christ. And only the church can show that. And only the church can restore that.
1: Thanks, Ryan. That was good. So what does church family look like? There's a lot of one another's in scripture. I'm just going to go through some of those quickly. No references given, so it's just a list here. Love one another. Be at peace with one another. Build up one another. Be of the same Mind toward one another. Give preference to one another. Greet one another. Serve one another. Receive one another. Admonish one another. Care for one another. And this is a great caring church. Be kind and forgiving to one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Submit to one another. Be compassionate to one another. Be truthful to one another. Accept one another. Live in harmony with one another. Pray for one another. Offer hospitality to one another. Confess your sins to one another. Lots of one another scriptures. Amen? All planned by God. And John chapter 13 and verse 35, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, by this love, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, God wants his people to mature. God wants his people to grow up. God wants his people to know who they are. And a great part of knowing who we are is knowing who we're with, who we're called together with, and what part we are, what part we're to play in his church. Amen. Let's close our eyes this morning, the worship team can play softly. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that we are the church. We are your instrument. We thank you, Lord God, for the end time harvest that is coming in, even as we speak. Hallelujah. And God, we want to be part of that. We want to be part of that. This church, us, the ones that you've called together here, we want to be part of bringing in that harvest. We want to be part of your purpose, part of your plans. God, we give you thanks and we pr- give you praise. Lord, that you reveal to us, Lord, where we fit in this house. Reveal to us our part. Lord God, those of us who know our part and are not been playing it, that we slop back in and we start playing our part. That this body and this house, this church, this ecclesia functions as it should. Efficiently as you've planned it to be. As you're bringing in other parts to strengthen in Jesus' name. Other parts to strengthen in the name of Jesus. And so, Father God, I thank you for every part in this house functioning and working. So that as the other parts come in, that God, those parts that are already like the parts coming in, will be able to train a disciple and show, hey, you're a part like me. This is how we do this. We can encourage the other parts that are like us. So we thank you and we give you praise in your name. Amen. Hallelujah.
0: Thank you for joining us. We look to God that he will direct your steps and blessings through this week. For more information, visit us at bangercommunitychurch.co.uk or find us on Facebook.